Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or subscribe anywhere you get your podcast, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, life is rough right now. After falling to the Indianapolis Colts 30-13, to their playoff hopes seem very, very slim, and somehow a loss to a winning football team in Indianapolis seems worse, might be worse, than the losses that preceded it against the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. It's a rainy, miserable weekend here in the city of Pittsburgh. It was a good Sunday football if you were not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because there was plenty of good games and plenty of good action on the television. Unfortunately, none of them turned into the outcomes that the Pittsburgh Steelers needed after suffering a loss to Indianapolis. We'll dive into Now, who needs to go? How much of this house needs to be cleaned out? Who should start at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers and where they currently stand and what their biggest need is moving forward? Like I said, rainy day here in the Berg, but it's another day. It's a good day. We're nearing Christmas. It should be a holly jolly week, but maybe we'll get there come Friday. How you feel, my friend? Yeah, it should be should be a holly jolly week, but I'm sure it will not be in the Steelers locker room every time (laughs) we visit them this weekend. But yeah, I think. It's funny to think because I think we've sat on this podcast and we've talked about five different of these. I mean, how many losses do they have now? Seven? No, seven. eight. Uh, uh, seven and seven. Yep, seven and seven. I think like five of those we've been like, well, this is the worst loss of the season. Can't get any worse than this. And <laughs> little did we know, um, it did get worse than, than that. So, you know, it's weird to sit here and just think, I, I don't know. We've we've just gone through the roller coaster all year and now we feel pretty firmly on a on a decline feel like this roller coaster is coming to a stop but we're just sitting right at the bottom yeah yeah i uh i agree with you don't see any more ups coming for this pittsburgh steelers team it is crazy to think just like you said worse losses we've said that four or five times we've said that three times in a row now like it's oh the arizona that's the worst loss of the season new england definitely the worst loss of the season and then indianapolis a winning team a team that was tied with you in the playoff race Hands down, I think without question, the worst loss the Pittsburgh Steelers have put on tape. A team that has seemingly given up at this point in the year. They now hold, I want to say, a 3% chance, according to the New York Times, to make the playoffs if they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I actually have it in front of me here. That just climbs to a 7% chance walking out of Week 17. Now, if everything goes right for them, because I ran that scenario this morning too, I was just trying to see Hey, can the Pittsburgh Steelers possibly make the playoffs? Is this still, you know, is everything still alive? 
if best case scenario happens, and I mean everybody in the AFC loses except for the Cleveland Browns who play the Houston Texans, who if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'd rather the Browns win than the Texans. Those odds climb to just 16, 15%, 15% heading into week 17. Tough time to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't see anything turning around. We'll dive into what needs to change for this team and really who needs to go. I think at this point, the big question is if you're going to clean house, who you cleaning it with, who you getting rid of, who you moving on and how you trying to replace them. But the bigger question and the the more pressing headline right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers is week 16 is upon us. Mike Tomlin is set to talk in a couple of hours. I have a hard time imagining that he'll name a starting quarterback today as he's going to let a competition play out between Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And I almost guarantee you the door will be left open for Kenny Pickett's early return from ankle surgery. But I got to toss the question to you here. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, week 16, Playoff chances very slim, but still alive. Who you starting a quarterback against the Bengals? Well, yeah, I mean it's got to be Kenny Pickett if he's healthy. I mean that's you don't you don't wave the white flag. You don't give up. You know he's yeah. he's. I I understand what the injury is. It seems like it was severe, but uh, there are people fighting for their jobs out here, up and down the roster. And I think it would be doing everyone a disservice to you know have Kenny Pickett be healthy and not roll him out. But you know. Assuming he's not, and I think that's where the real kind of choice comes down to, and that's where the yeah. real hard decision comes down to. Uh, I don't think you can roll Mitch Trubisky back out there. And I know I'm changing my tune from, I don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago. I was going to say a week ago. ago, you were on the Mitch Trubisky over Mason Rudolph train here. I was, but I mean, Mitch just doesn't really give you anything. I think he gives you just poor decision making. He turns the ball over. Like, at the very least, Mason can maybe hang on to the ball, possess it. Uh, give your running game a chance to get going. I don't know. At the very least, he's different. And I don't know, Mitch uh, Mitch is just not doing any of the things that I think you need a backup quarterback to do to keep you in games when you're kind of a, a team in a spiral. He's not yeah. – I don't know. I think he's trying to th- – I think Mitch a lot of times is trying to throw his team out of, out of a slump. And I don't know if he's good enough to do that. I don't know if this team is good enough to do that. And it just has never been the right decision. So – uh, I think you need something more steady right now, and and Mitch is not steady. And look, I don't, I, I really don't know if if Mason Rudolph gives you anything different or anything better. Definitely not. De- he gives you something different. He's definitely yeah. not going to give you anything better. I'd, I venture to say. But I mean, Mitch is just Mitch has been a detriment. You know, he's been an active. He's been actively harming the team. You know, like with the yes. way he's turning the ball over, and you just can't have that with a backup quarterback with the team who's spiraling. You know, you can't add to the spiral. You have to. You have to help pull out a little bit. You have to at least stabilize things. And Mitch has not done that really at all. No, no. At this point, is, and I agree with you, like half of it is the play on the field. You're just not getting what you need to out of Mitch. Just not saying that you, you're getting what you need to out of Kenny or you're going to get what you need to out of Mason Rudolph, but you got to test something new. I think the bigger part of this is that, you know, you watch that game on Sunday. Every time the camera turned to Mitch on the sideline after he got pulled, he just looked defeated. Like at this point, Mitch is just done mentally. There's nothing there anymore. And that stinks because like I, I do think his time in Pittsburgh absolutely beat the crap out of him. Like you you show up, everybody hates you immediately. People are booing you right from the jump. I mean, remember the first day of training camp last year, the first pass he threw was intercepted and he get he got booed immediately. Like that is that's as bad as it gets, and it never got it never got better. So you you sit here and you just look at the situation, and you just go, like mentally, Mitch doesn't have it right now to get you out of 
whatever you're in. And and I don't think I agree with you. I don't think that Mason does have what you need to get out of this. And, and I don't think he's going to make things all that much better, if better at all. I just think right now, like you've you've tried mate or you've tried Mitch. Like you you saw what you could get out of Mitch Trubisky. It didn't win. Now you got to try Mason Rudolph. Like that's just what you do in the NFL. Every team does it. You just keep trying new quarterbacks until one clicks. And this week it's got to be Mason Rudolph. That being said, I agree with you. If it is Kenny Pickett, if he's healthy enough. Now what the question is, what is healthy enough? Like where's your baseline? If he's 50%, if he's good to go, but that let's, let's just say it starts at 50. Like I am 50% recovered. That's good enough for me to get back out there. Cause you got to remember, I mean, I don't even know if you were, if you were there, if you were at that game, I guess you wouldn't be. It was new England, the new England game as we're, waiting to get on like he's rolling by waiting to get out of the elevator he's rolling by in one of those scooter things with his foot in a boot in a boot like that's a week and a half ago I don't know if he's ready enough to play but reports say that he's going to try to this weekend let's say that baseline's 50 percent 50 percent is like good enough to play how what what percentage of 100 percent healthy are you putting him at before you feel comfortable putting him out there and I get that people's jobs are on the line but at the same time if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, like a part of you has to be thinking, well, we can't, we can't make this worse. Like if Kenny suffers a serious injury that sets him back next year, now we're in even bigger trouble than we are right now. What percentage are you, you putting him at to put him out there? Well, it's just a tough question because I don't know what, like, at what percentage do you, is it like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not working on Kenny right now. So I don't know like at what percentage that ankle can withstand, every hit that he's going to take, you know? And I think with a guy that has Kenny's injuries history, I mean, I don't think I don't kind of buy to the buy into the injury prone kind of narrative. I know people have talked about that this season, but I mean, with his injury history, you got to assume that there's no a hundred percent safety, you know, like it's not completely risk-free anytime you throw him out, even if he feels that he's a hundred percent recovered from this specific injury and this, you know, specific ankle thing. Um, So I, I, I don't really know. I mean, like I, I think I I'm inclined to say that, you know, even if he's below 75, you know, even if it's just 50%, I I feel like you're inclined to throw him out there. I just think I, I, I don't know if Kenny's telling you that he's okay, that he's good to play, that he feels good enough. If he gets cleared to play, I think he's got to be on the field. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it's, it's a little bit of, I'm going to end up arguing against myself probably at some point during this, during the show, but, you got to try like you have to you have to continue to you have to finish the season out you have to play hard you have to kind of put everything into the season before before it's officially over and it's not officially over yet so i think you know as far as as far as next week goes you got to you got to keep fighting and you got to keep Kenny in there if he's even you know i think remotely ready to go i agree i think that as long as he's medically cleared you put him out there you see what happens after this week like if you lose to cincinnati which is certainly a possibility. If you lose to Cincinnati, it's over. Like, I don't care. I don't care where he's at. You're sitting Kenny Pickett. Like he could be as close to hundred percent as possible. You're just saying, look at man, you're done. Season's over. Mason, you're going to start. Who cares about the rest of it? Because if you lose, if you lose this week, like your playoff chances are pretty much zero. Uh, and, and maybe it is zero. Maybe you are like officially eliminated depending on how everything plays out. But if you lose to Cincinnati, I'm sitting Kenny for the rest of the year. But this is like the last hurrah. Got to try to to turn things around, and the Steelers are going to try to to do that. I don't know if they're they're going to be capable of doing that. Uh, unfortunately, in the NFL, just like you said, like with all the talk of who's going to come, who's going to go, 
is Mike Tomlin's job on the line? There's a billion questions. Nobody in that facility right now is sitting around thinking long-term health of Kenny Pickett, which stinks for Kenny Pickett, but also like in the grand scheme of things, like the Steelers are still looking at this. And I bet you there's a large chunk of them saying, look, we, we could still get into the postseason. We got to try to get into the postseason. And they're going to, if Kenny's out there and he gives them their best opportunity to do so, man, dude, how, I mean, you know, obviously joking here, but how bad does that suck for me? Mason Rudolph, man, just can't catch a break at Pittsburgh. Even when, even given an opportunity, like this should be his week to shine. Kenny Pickett's like, move over, pal. I'm limping out there. No worries for me. Then Mason's right back to the bench. You, uh, Kenny goes out there. Mason number two. Is, is that your backup? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to assume so. Right. Like, I yeah. mean, for all the same reasons we talked about, like Mitch, Mitch just isn't it, man. And he's not, he's not the type of guy who has proven that he can keep you alive in a situation that's pretty dire. You know, yes. like he's not, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like he's not, he's not helping pull you out of a spiral. He's not helping stabilize things. In fact, he's just been making things worse, quite honestly. Like the turnovers, man, like the turnovers are bad. Know. Yeah, like he if he misses a few throws, like whatever. Like I've seen Kenny Pickett do that an any yeah. number of times. But like Mitch is just way, way too aggressive when he doesn't need to be, when this team can't afford for him to be, and it has just only made things worse. He hasn't he's just I think he's I don't even know how to phrase this. Like I think he as far as backups in the NFL go, I mean oh. he continues to fall. Well, it's like it's weird because he continues to kind of like fall down the power rankings if you if you had one just because there are all these random backups who keep coming in and and playing really well just around the rest of the NFL but man you just figured that he would be able to provide you more than that because he had been a starter before he had been a guy who had gone he'd led a team to the playoffs before and yep. named a pro he's a pro bowler he yeah. like he was a pro bowler in the NFL won a play, uh, I believe you won a playoff game either way he was there I agree I, and I don't know there's a part of me that thinks it's the Pittsburgh Steelers that it's just like the culture and the offense and the poor coaching and the the scheme and that just crushed any chance Mitch Trubisky had at like regaining a career in the NFL. And I'm sure it'll go somewhere else, but yeah, as time in Pittsburgh, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's up. It doesn't help anything. And, and you're not gonna, you already know what you're getting and it's not like, it's a risk. It's more of a risk to put him back out there than it would be to put Mason out there. If you need to this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, let's move on. Other topic of conversation. After the loss to Indianapolis, everybody and anybody is talking about what the Pittsburgh Steelers could do, where they can go. The uh, the conversation of culture, which we last week on Friday had a massive conversation about how maybe the culture in Pittsburgh has been dead for a long time because maybe it's more of an abstract thing and it doesn't actually exist. Maybe the, the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers shifts every day or every year because of the people that are in the, the locker room and the people that are around the facility. But if right now you're looking at the the culture or the attitude of the Pittsburgh Steelers, it, it it is as bad, as piss poor as it comes, and it seems to just be getting worse. And I get it. Like at times, this goes back, and I think a, a large chunk of it goes back to the Steelers' struggles are not because of today, but because of how they created this team and for how long they ignored their problems. But they are sitting here today with a serious issue. And everybody wants that issue fixed. And I think a lot of people after the Indianapolis game have a thought in their mind, and maybe I'm alone on this because I I have the same thought as, as many others, is that I think to a degree you have to clean house and you have to get rid of some of these guys that are more of an issue than they are productive 
And maybe that means coaches. Maybe that means players. Maybe that means trades. Maybe that means cuts. I want to ask you, I got a long list of them. I put them out yesterday and I'm, there's a part of me that a lot of people agree. There's other part of me that's like, man, I wonder how many people on this list actually saw their name and I have to go talk to them tomorrow. You see the Steelers locker room today, the Steelers coaching staff today. If you were to clean house, what are or who are you getting rid of and and why? Yeah, I'm looking at the coaching staff first because I think one thing that this three-game losing streak has kind of underscored and revealed is that this is just a poorly prepared football team. You know, yes. like from kind of top to bottom, they just don't look ready to play really when they come out of the gates in most of these games. And that's why I look at the, I kind of put that more on coaching. So yep. obviously starts with Mike Tomlin at the very top. Like he sets the tone for, for everything this team does. But I mean, you look at the issues at receiver, like just the, the, we can call them attitude issues, I guess, but like the effort yeah. plays as well. Um, so I look at Frisman Jackson, like, I think he's got to, you know, you got to at least consider that one. Um, and just, I think you look at the talent in the receiver room too, and see them kind of underperform and, yes. and you have to look at Frisman Jackson as well. Uh, Pat Meyer, I think has to be looked at as well. Cause just the, 100%. the procedural stuff on the offensive line, like just doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't happen this late in the season to a team that honestly had, like, I get it. Broderick Jones is young. Dan Moore is pretty young, but like, most of these guys are veterans, you know, and like the low snaps from Mason Cole. Why has that been a continued issue throughout the year? Um, so yeah, Pat Meyer, I think the offensive line's got to be reconsidered. Um, you know, Mike Sullivan, look, like, yes. look, the quarterbacks have got like we we put a lot of it on Matt Canada when he was here, but you know the the quarterback development has been non-existent, if if not regressive, uh, over the past two three years. I mean, it just hasn't. It hasn't been good enough, and so I think Mike Sullivan, for you know, as good as his relationship is with with Kenny and the other quarterbacks, and and how you don't want to upset like and kind of rock the boat with a young quarterback like Kenny in there. Um, I I think those are kind of the biggest ones I'm looking at because I still I mean, and I look at the coaching staff first instead of I mean I mean there are definitely some players who I think are worthy of considering moving on from, but I look at the coaching staff first because I still think there's talent here, and yes. I think that the right coach could mold all this talent into something workable, if at least not better than what this team is now. And just this coaching staff is not making the best of, of this group that they have right now. And that's, that's why I think I look at, at coaches first and it's just like the nature of these losses too. Like I said, you know, all the penalties, all the, uh, all the lack of effort plays, you know, it's just, it's, you know, the, when you get, down in the second half of these games and just looks like guys are giving up. Like that's, that's part of why I look at the coaching staff first and say, look, this is, this is something rotten from the top up that there's something clearly wrong here that, that needs to be addressed from that standpoint. I agree hundred percent. I think it starts with the coaching. I think there are only maybe two, three coaches that are like a hundred percent secure. You don't get rid of them. I think everybody else is on the chopping block. And I think that is, I think Eddie Faulkner you you keep around because you know even if Najee Harris isn't a superstar Jalen Warren might be and you and you did that you know like you that's Eddie Faulkner I think Eddie Faulkner is a good coach even if he's not a good offensive coordinator you seen this fly fly around in there um, <laughs> not number two the other two coaches I think there's two more that I'm like a hundred percent keeping or three more that would be Danny Smith 
not get rid of the special teams coordinator. You could say what you want about Presley Harvin. And Presley Harvin's one of the guys that, you know, at the end of the season, I don't think that you bring Presley Harvin back. I don't even think you give him an opportunity just because the guy steps up so well in training camp. Like in those battles, when you bring somebody else in to compete for this job, Presley Harvin's a superstar in a game. He just doesn't get the job done. So uh, Danny Smith, I'm keeping 100%. Eddie Faulkner, I'm keeping 100%. Grady Brown, I'm keeping as well, just because Joey Porter's got his issues. But Grady Brown's made a lot out of a little, you know, and he's found some guys. You know, Trenton Thompson might not be a superstar, but this guy shouldn't be anything, and he's contributing on defense. You got Minka Fitzpatrick and Devontae KZ, who, I mean, Devontae KZ's got an issue, and I don't think he should be a starting safety in the NFL, but for the role that he was put in, he's done a pretty good job with it. And they found some other guys along the way who've done the same thing. I think Grady Brown's there too. And then I think Carl Dunbar, 100%. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Larry Ogunjobi, people have mixed feelings about. The rest of that defensive line is so deep that on a weekly basis, you don't know who's going to be inactive just because I think they just pick a name out of a hat (laughs) and they say, hey, this guy's not it. But I think the rest of them, I think everybody else, top to bottom, especially the names you mentioned, Mike Sullivan, Frisman Jackson got to be real high up there. Pat Myers got to be real up high, high up there. Like if you're looking for a culture change, if you're looking for more productivity out of guys who have talent, yeah, you got to get rid of a lot of these coaching staffs members. And, and those are the, those are the ones that I'm starting with hundred percent. I think I'm putting, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is a guarantee. I'm not saying that I say that I, you know, I'm going to consider it. If I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm thinking about cleaning house, I'm considering putting Mike Tomlin on that list as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, mean, I think I, you that's, have to. Right. Like that's, I, yeah, I, I forgot. I meant to say that too. Like it's, you know, I, we've had the Mike Tomlin conversation before, which is why I didn't dive, you know, so deep into it uh, already. But yeah. yeah, like if you're, if you're talking about, you know, kind of wholesale turnover of assistance, I think your head coach has to be included in that decision as well. The guy who brought all of these guys in, you know, yes. if you're, if your assistant coaches aren't working out, that kind of falls on, the guy who hired them to a certain extent as well. So yeah, Mike Tomlin is definitely in that conversation. Um, I also think, you know, as far as people who I don't think, you know, deserve a ton of blame for how the season has gone. Uh, Aaron Curry, I feel like can, we yeah, can give yeah, him a little bit of a pass. He's been here like, a year and he's right. I mean, at one, at one point he had a great room, you know, yeah. now he's, and I, again, I, I put that more on Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan because they came into the season. And, and I said this in, in a piece that I put out on Sunday, you came into the season with Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, and Landon Roberts, which like great, that's great three, but let's let's break those three down. You signed Quan Alexander at the end of training camp, so your your objective was not to have Quan Alexander. It was Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan and whoever fighting to think that Mark Robinson was like capable of being an inside linebacker, and then he's not. And then you came into the season with those three, and then if one of them goes down, your only other option is Mark Robinson who you brought Quan Alexander in at the end of training camp because he wasn't good enough to play. Like that goes right back to the decision-making of whoever is signing, you know, outside free agents and drafting guys and whoever to just like, I don't think you get rid of Mark Robinson. I think he's a good special teamer, but there's every year before this one, the Steelers bring five inside linebackers into this roster this year. They just said, Hey, screw it. We'll bring four. And that fourth guy, we will sign literally anybody off the street, anybody we could find, to come and play above him because he's just not capable of playing inside linebacker. Like that doesn't go on Aaron Curry. That goes on, on the rest of them. I agree with that one. I think TA, I think Terrell or Terrell Austin, excuse me, is like a maybe, but uh, you know, I think that's the decision of Mike Tomlin. 
and what way you go there because Mike Tomlin, if we're going to be real, Mike Tomlin runs that defense. Like that's Mike Tomlin's defense. It's been Mike Tomlin's defense forever. You want to put blame on somebody first, you put blame on Mike Tomlin before you put blame on TA. But I agree. I think Mike Tomlin's like the top of that list. I think that's a obviously a much bigger decision than everybody else, but you want to talk about culture. You want to talk about lack thereof. You want to talk about, you know, bad decision-making and, and getting your team to a spot where it is right now, where everything is just sinking so fast. It all falls on Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin did it all. You know, you, you cultivated a, a culture where guys get away with anything, where you don't have real punishments for players, where you constantly defend guys and you're always, I mean, we could go back, dude. We got blasted in the middle of this season absolutely roasted by the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base because we called Tomlin out on his BS about lying to the media when it comes to accountability. Now we're at the end of the season and it's like, oh man, maybe if Mike Tomlin was accountable and didn't lie and didn't just say things to give people stuff that the Steelers would be in a better situation. It's just, he, he created the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did this to himself and to everybody in this locker room. So I think Tomlin's certainly at the top of this list. I got a couple of players that I think I'm tossing out there too that I mean yeah, are lay, big names. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. I'm uh I, I and again, like I think that it comes with the an ideal situation here. Like, you know, you gotta get a good trade, a, a good return in this trade to make these moves. But I, I think there's a couple of these guys. I, I think George Pickens tops that list. I think he is the first player that I am trying to move on from this offseason. Zero questions asked. That guy has given up on this football team completely. That is not somebody that you want in the locker room. That's not somebody that you're going to, you know, build around. And, and to be quite honest with you at the beginning of the season, when things were starting to happen and there were issues and there were Instagram likes and, you know, social media nonsense and, you know, taking down all of his Instagram posts and then, you know, blatantly lying about the whole situation time and time again, you know, you looked at it and you said, well, he is an extremely talented individual. Then he gets mossed by Nick cross and everybody's sitting there going, well, maybe it's time to move on from George Pickens because the acrobatic catches are not outweighing the nonsense that he is bringing to this football team. And I think you could get a really good return for George Pickens. I think that you make your culture 10 times better immediately without George Pickens. I think he is the first player that I'm trying to move on from. Deontay Johnson's probably on that list, but I don't think you're going to get as big of a return. And to be quite honest with you, Deontay Johnson's got issues, much less issues than George Pickens. And I think if you're going to have one diva wide receiver, Johnson's Deontay's a, a milder version of a diva wide receiver. And that's, that's just what, I mean, it's, it's a battle of both evils, but in the NFL, it kind of seems like that's what you have to pick from. I'm picking Deontay Johnson over George Pickens. Najee Harris is my other big one. That's the, the other one that I'm moving on from. I think you could get some return. I think I look at it like this. A lot of people say things like, why does Deion or why does Najee have to answer to the media? Why does he have to address these things? Minka Fitzpatrick is a prime example. Minka Fitzpatrick blasts his teammates, blasts the culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers, calls everybody out, says people are not not in this to win, has no issues with it. The next time he speaks, they ask him to address it. He addresses it and says, I don't know if I don't know if they they heard it. I don't know if they're they're gonna stand up to the challenge that I presented them. Najee Harris is a guy where he'll call people out. He'll call this team out. He did it in Cleveland and then he'll hide for the rest of the season. And then he'll blame the media or he'll blame the fan base or he'll blame the offensive line or he'll blame this person or he'll blame that person. Najee is not a true leader in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room. I think at this point, it's more of a distraction and more of an issue for a guy that 
you know, like Jalen Warren's the better running back or, or very close to the better running back. And I just think that you could find it's harder to find a Jalen Warren in the NFL than it is to find a Najee Harris. And I think if you could get something for him, I think you're moving on from him. And those would be the two big names that I'm starting with before I go anywhere else. Yeah. And I think Najee, I think Najee fancied himself as like a leader, you know, as a real yes. big leader in the locker room. And I'm sure he was, but I, uh, you can't be selective about when you're a leader. Um, especially yes. when, especially when, like you said, like you pointed out with Jalen, like, there's a guy right behind you who is just as, if not more talented. So, mm-hmm. sorry, like, like talented and productive. So, like, you need to provide something of value. You know, you need to, like, you know, give this team a reason to keep you around. And I, I don't think Najee kind of, kind of shrinking. And, like, it, I think that's the thing. Like, if he didn't want to talk to the media ever, like, I think that's more yeah. understandable. But he fa- he wanted to be a leader. He wanted to be a guy whose voice was heard, who wanted to – to call people out and and that's fine, but you have to do it all the time. You know, you can't be selective about, Oh, well this week I'm, I, you know, I don't have anything to say, you know, like things aren't, things didn't yes. go how I kind of imagined they would. And, uh, so I'm just not, I'm not going to address it. You know, I'm going to pretend or I like got I'd... backlash or, or my coaches right. heard that I called out Matt Canada and then some, cause you know, somebody said something to him and now it's, now it's the media's fault. Whereas in, you know, you know, somebody said something to Minka and, you know, Minka looked him dead in the eyes and said, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, am I wrong? I meant everything I said. Yeah. And he like, yeah. he owned it and he was like, yeah, he was, he had no. And also with Minka, it's like Minka puts the proof, Minka puts the proof out there that he is kind of buying into his own message. You know, yes. like he's the one out there with a broken hand. He's the one out there. Like, I don't know, Minka, I've never questioned Minka's effort. I never questioned his commitment. I never questioned like that people listen to him when he tries to be a leader. Um, and I think Najee is still like Najee's still relatively young, so he might be kind of finding his voice in that sense and everything. But like, look, if he wants to be a leader, he had to do it all the time, and he hasn't done that this year. Um, yeah, I agree. And then you look at the Mitch thing too. I mean, there's little examples everywhere. But remember when he was asked about Mitch's leadership, and this isn't the first time. Like he's Kenny has said that he's brought the guys together, and Najee has made sure to to clear up that he and Kenny have brought guys together. And then Mitch is asked, to, he's asked about Mitch's leadership and he said, it's good. I, it's fine. I, I guess, you know, that's yeah. just, that's where he stands. There's a reason that, and again, like I'm not trying to just like go off here, but there's, you just got to put it all together. There's a reason that this guy was a captain last year and that he wasn't a captain this year. That's voted on by his teammates. And it's the same teammates that were here a year ago who decided nah, you know, we'll just go with one. I think that says something. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you I mean, I think you also raised a good point about George is this that like not to not to take us too far back, but I mean look, George George spent the better part of last week telling us that he's not running the right routes, they're not sending him deep enough. Yep. And the biggest play of the game, of, of his game, he's gets sent deep. He gets put in a situation that he tells us he loves, that he tells us he thrives in, in those jump ball situations, and he doesn't come down with it. Like what what else am I supposed to take away from that, you know? Like you get given the opportunity that you've wanted and you don't make the play. I don't, I don't know what any, like I, I thought it was dubious from the start when everyone was talking about last year about this, you know, George is always open, just throw him the ball and he'll come down with it. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was always extremely dubious of that proposition. I didn't think that was the best way to approach things at all. And look, it gets, it gets proven out there. Like yep. this guy, this guy is not playing up to his own, I think his own image of himself, but also the image that 
he had tried to tell us, don't worry, it's there. It's, it is someone, it is some, some other reason why I'm not performing at a certain level. Um, it's not me. It's not my issue. And it, it's just, it, it, none of the things that George has told us about himself, none of the things that other people have told us about George has really kind of come to fruition. So I, I think I agree with your assessment that like Deontay is, is far from the biggest problem in that receiver's room. And if you had to keep one of them, like I, I absolutely know who I'm keeping. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. And, and at that point, you know, I don't think everything gets fixed, but you know, you, you remove a lot of the real negative headlines that surround the Pittsburgh Steelers on a weekly basis. And like, you could even like, again, just to keep talking about Minka, Minka calls that team out. It's not a negative headline. It's people take it as a totally different attitude of just Minka called his team, Minka blasted his teammates after this game. And everybody's like, hell yeah, Minka. That's what that, we need that, you know, Najee and George say stuff. And it's just always a very, very negative connotation around those headlines and what comes with it. And, you know, Mark Caboli compared him to Ben Le'Veon Bell and an AB in his story after the game. And he said that somehow these guys are worse and I think that is a clear sign from somebody who has been here for a long, long time that it is time to uh, to make those adjustments. With that said, we'll see where this season goes. But say the season ended today. You're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're Omar. Omar, Omar thank you. Khan, what is the biggest need of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Where are you going first? If you free agency, the NFL draft process starts, the position or positions you are circling, where are they and, what, and who are they? Yeah, I mean, this is just. I mean, the whole stuff. I think is is an answer, but but more specific. (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, I I really struggle with this one because I think, like you said, like the the entire team needs needs something different. You know, needs new new blood, whatever. But I mean, like if we're thinking about one position that could give this team a fresh start, a hard reset, I don't know how you can't think of the quarterback position. And I don't, I don't think Kenny, I say that as someone who does not think that Kenny's bad. I think Kenny has, has potential and has a future. And I think he could be really good. But if we're just looking for one like player position, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah. If we're looking for one position on the field that could give this team a completely new start, I think, I think you got to think about quarterback. I mean, Look, like I, I, I think corner, like as far as like what they they need overall, like it, when we're looking at the draft next year, like offensive line and corner and inside linebacker and maybe defensive line, like there are all these different needs that this team has. Uh, but I mean, thinking about, I just, I just think a quarterback, a, a a a something that could give this franchise, you know, an immediate shot in the arm. That could give you some reason to believe that there is something that they are working towards, that there is a future that they are working towards. Yep. Uh, I think a quarterback, a new quarterback, a young quarterback, gives you that kind of hope uh, and gives you that kind of sense that I don't know that this organization is looking in a different direction, that they are are dreaming big and that they are thinking about something different. I think that's kind of the only way you you do that with just one you know one player or one addition, and so that's why. I mean, I don't think quarterback is the most pressing need, you know, kind of in re- in real life, you know, as we sit here and as we go to the off season. But yeah, if you need a shot in the arm, I, I can really only think of one way to do that with one additional player, and that's and that's getting a new young quarterback who you think can be a star. I uh, you you hit the nail right on the head. Like I should have yelled preach when you said that it shows that they're dreaming big. Like that's just that's it. That's exactly it. The Pittsburgh Steelers have dreamed so small for so long and have been so content in their little tiny space under Mike Tomlin and 
for so long that it is time to just say, hey, look at man, we need to just shoot for the stars and hope that it works. And if it doesn't work, guess what? It's not worse than where we are right now. And at least we took a shot. I think that was the thing is the Steelers have been so scared to miss out or so scared to to take a step backwards that they forget that they need to continue to take steps forward. And they have found themselves in a very pleasing and and content space of of mediocrity, really. And a quarterback is your best shot to just take that leap forward and throw a leap of faith out there and say, hey, look, maybe this works out. And if it does, fantastic. That is a complete game changer. I'm going to go. You know, like you said, we should keep this to one. I'll name two because I think people are going to name two. And that is the offensive line. Get, you know, I think Mason Cole is a fantastic dude. I, I hope he stays around to some capacity just because I like talking with him. You know, I like seeing him in the locker room. He's a good dude. Mason Cole's got to go. You need a new center. You need a superstar center. Like, I don't care where you get it. Some people say that this, this draft class is loaded with centers. Great. Get one. First two rounds, maybe three rounds. If you can make some crazy trades, boom, beautiful. Go get a center. Second one is a right tackle. You know, Dan Moore, again, I think you keep him till the end of his rookie deals over and then you see what's going on there, but move Broderick to the left side, get a right tackle. And then just, you know, at that point, your offensive line, like is, is good enough. Like you run through that and you're like, Oh, that's, you know, it's a pretty good list. If it doesn't work out, it's not because they didn't try. And I think that's the best thing. The Steelers haven't tried. They haven't given their full 100% a game to putting an offensive line together. They've just like kind of like pushed it along and said, eh, you know, like, well, we got Broderick in the in the first round. We did. We moved him to right tackle, but we got him. And we signed a 30-year-old Isaac Simalu, and that definitely helped, even though Kevin Dotson is phenomenal in L.A. right now, playing the right side of the offensive line instead of the left side. Who would have thought that one? Oh, wait, everybody except for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that you look at uh, you look at the offensive line and you improve those things, and who, total game changer. And then inside linebacker, you know, anybody – Cole Holcomb, if he's healthy and ready to go, and I think you keep him around. I liked what I saw from Cole Holcomb at the beginning of the season. Anybody else not named Alandon Roberts should be on the streets at the end of the season and go find a new home in the NFL. Sorry, but you're like Alandon Roberts is. I don't. I don't know what the team MVP is going to look like this season. I'm sure TJ Watt's going to win it. It should be Alandon Roberts. It should 100 percent be Alandon Roberts. That guy has single handedly done everything he possibly can to keep that room in check. I think those are the two positions. If I'm starting tomorrow outside of quarterback, that's obviously one. But if we're going two and two B yeah. offensive line inside linebacker. Yeah. I mean, inside linebacker would just be, you know, adding as a, someone who could be a stud long term there would just be a luxury. The Steelers haven't had since oh, Ryan, Ryan Chazier. Right. Yeah. And and the offensive line, I like that one because you can you can do a lot with a good offensive line. You know, like you can you can cover for a lot of deficiencies with guys who can block consistently all the time. Like, I mean, you see it, like you saw it in Dallas, like for a long time, like you saw it, I'm trying to think of other examples, just like building the line before you build the rest of the team usually kind of usually works out pretty well, quite honestly, because you can make a lot of people look really good with, with a decent offensive line. Yep. I agree. And the Steelers haven't tried to do that in a long, long time. And they're getting called out weekly. You know, you know, it's bad when everything's sinking and Terry Bradshaw's, talking and going you know what they they need to draft some linemen that's what they need to do and you're just like yeah i tear i appreciate you i appreciate you with that said hopefully the steelers listen but 
We'll see what happens. It's a very important week for the Pittsburgh Steelers season. There will be plenty of news, plenty of action, including everything going on today when Mike Tomlin takes the podium at 12 o'clock. With that said, find everything that you will need throughout the week at allsteelers.com. We're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Check us out anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, and most importantly this week, find all of your Steelers news at allsteelers.com and all of our pick coverage at insidethepanthers.com. Hopefully it cheers up and the city of Pittsburgh becomes another beautiful day in the bargain. Until then, peace.